here comes first wave of coffee. And they're able to deliver roasted coffee, ground. All they got to do is put it in their percolator. Everybody remembers their grandma's percolator. And everybody would sit down and drink bad coffee, but it had caffeine. <laughs> so people liked it. From Humble Coffee, this is Coffee 101, your one-stop shop for building your coffee knowledge. With Coffee 101, you'll understand coffee enough to make a phenomenal cup anywhere, solve the gnarliest brewing emergencies, and there are some out there, and wow your local barista. Coffee 101 is the ultimate coffee know-how podcast. We're talking beans, roasts, and all things coffee taking the mystery out of all those strange words and solving coffee dilemmas so you can crush your coffee game. On the show today, I'm joined by one of my coffee friends, Stefan Tribble. What's up, Stefan? Just ready to ride the wave of coffee today. And as you said, with the word wave... We are talking about the waves of coffee. So most people have heard of the third wave of coffee. Most people don't know what that means, much less what the first and the second wave were. And if we listen to the end of this, we've got a little bonus. We're going to talk about what was before the waves. Pre-wave. Pre-wave. (laughs) <laughs> so tell me, Stefan, what, what do you know about the waves of coffee? Well, the waves of coffee, well, we're certainly in the third and some may even say the fourth wave of, wave of coffee right now. But if you kind of take a step back in time, uh, you know, kind of as we're talking about that first wave of coffee, the maybe 17, 1800s industrial revolution, coffee's really becoming a, a commodity, a thing that people are drinking and having and and uh, using on a daily basis. It probably didn't taste very good, but uh, it was no, coffee and it was out right. there and it was global. Uh, and then we kind of move move forward from there. And I think there's a, a word, maybe Starbucks in there at some point right? with some waves of coffee. I know, yep. I know some of those things, but may, maybe you can fill me in a little bit more, Kenneth. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, let's start by talking about the first wave of coffee. So the first wave of coffee, think about it like, well, let me back up and say this too. Think about the waves of coffee kind of like the best The best thing I could compare it to is pizza. You have your frozen pizza. You have your takeout pizza. And then you have like your hometown shop that has like the fresh dough that they make in-house and they source the local ingredients and they make their own marinara and all that good stuff. Now... Let's make me crepe some pizza. I know. And here's here's the trick is you said... You didn't say you were craving hometown shop, you know, blah, 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 pizza. You just said, I'm craving pizza. And one key with these waves is people think, oh, well, if there's another wave, then that means that the other waves are over. But it's not It's not necessarily like that. So it's like, it's like pizza. First wave is going to kind of be your, you know, do it at home frozen pizza, which is, you know, I have days which that's a that's a good pizza and um then your second wave we're going to call your your takeout pizza uh and then your third wave is actually that like fancy whatever and you you did mention fourth wave and so we will actually get into some thoughts Mm -hmm. on where there if there is a fourth wave like actually 
what that means. Um, so the first wave, I'll say this with the waves, they're mainly a U.S. thing. Um, right. You know, yep. they're people understand them across the world, but it's really something that has kind of been a nomenclature um, within the U.S. And all of those waves, that first and second and third that we're going to talk about, they are all still here and mm-hmm. people still drink from those different waves. So let's get into it. The first wave. This is like your canned coffee and what I call your bricks. You know, those like um, you see them and they like, I mean, they literally look like a brick, you know, and they're just ground coffee. You know, this is, this is your, um, your Folgers, your Maxwell house. It's that commodity grade coffee. And that's kind of what I was saying. Like it, you know, it kind of all started in that industrial revolution where people were getting the bricks of coffee or pre-ground coffee and making coffee and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, so what people think of the first wave as being bad, but the first wave, the focus was not on taste. The focus was, let's see if we can get coffee out to the masses and completely change the game. And that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at it, uh, again, it's not about taste necessarily, but it has a place in that it was very important when you're talking about, like you said, industrial revolution and stuff like that, bringing coffee, you know, into the accessible mainstream. And so, you know, that was a good thing. Yeah, I think I think the things that come to my mind is the like a Mr. Coffee Pot or some Nest Cafe. Or, yeah. Like you said, uh, the, the yellow brick of coffee that you buy from your grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah. Right. And people still drink that. Like you said, the first wave is still around. People still use that. And there are plenty of people that wake up every morning, get their Mr. Coffee Pot, pull out their commodity grade coffee. And have that. Enjoy it. And have right. it. And, and honestly, you were actually on the show when we talked about why the people drink coffee. And, and two of the biggest things that came down to was the caffeine and the taste. This is a wave where we're not talking about the taste that you're, you're not going to find anybody that's going to say first wave coffee or, or coffee that's focused on mass production um, the way it was back then is good compared to what it is now. You're going to have those stubborn people who are going to say it is, but they're just saying that just to be obstinate, right? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, World War One and World War Two, and this is a big thing for the U.S., is they would have instant coffee as part of the rations that went into, you know, what what they had as far as like food and drink on the day during World War One, World War Two, and so all of a sudden, and honestly, there were probably a significant amount of tea drinkers in the U.S. Before that, they come back from war. They've been drinking coffee every day. They want coffee. And so here comes first wave of coffee. And they're able to deliver roasted coffee ground. All they got to do is put it in their percolator. Everybody remembers mm-hmm. their grandma's percolator. And everybody would sit down and drink bad coffee, but it had caffeine. And uh, so people liked it. Agreed. Now, when we look at the second wave of coffee, we're really talking about 
companies like Pete's and Starbucks, um, two very similar uh, companies. Uh, at the time that this second wave was evolving, I would say they were even like almost equal competitors. Uh, Starbucks eventually took over. And, and, and some things with the second wave, it was obviously there was a focus on specialty coffee, which is different than your, we'll just say less than specialty grade Arabica beans or even your Robusta beans. And so in that, inherently, the coffee was better, although traditionally in second wave, they roast more to a dark roast mm-hmm. than we'll talk about third wave roast more towards a light roast. But we'll talk about that in a second. And I think the, the second wave really had kind of the influence, I think, on the coffee industry that we know it today. It, it really led the way from just being something that you, you know, you bought in the grocery store and you, you made every morning. You had at home yeah. in a pot that was sitting on a hot plate to really more of an experience, like a social experience, you know, going to Starbucks, getting a drink, that mainstream of picking up coffee on your way to the office as opposed to getting the coffee at the office or making it at home. It really kind of the consumer driven part of uh, of kind of the modern society that we know of coffee, I think, is really where that second wave, like you said, Pete's, Star, uh, Starbucks, things like that, that really really pushed the industry forward. Um, and honestly, as, as many people probably in the third wave of coffee or really specialty coffee may hate on some of these companies that roast really dark or, or you know, just mass produce um, coffee and call it specialty. We wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be here today. I don't think without, without Pete's or without Starbucks or without some of these other companies that have, um, you know, pushed the envelope. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I would say that the coffee shop as we know it, we can thank second wave coffee for um, because they brought a storyline. They brought, um, you know, what I would call a little art um, to how we perceive drinking coffee in what, what you and I would call a third space. And they took coffee from that first wave where most of it, uh, people drank at home and they brought those people into the coffee shop mm. and, and the coffee shop, you know, was probably one of the biggest contributions to second wave when we're looking back at the history or the evolution of coffee and coffee culture itself. Um, we can really thank that second wave because even when you look at third wave, not much has changed in the coffee shop itself, um, right. but we love those coffee shops that we go to. Yeah, I think that's, like you said, that's kind of where it pushes from second to third wave. And, and uh, like I said, not much has changed from the experience maybe of second to third wave, but the type of coffee or the quality of coffee is what I think really pushed the envelope, the science behind the coffee that really pushed the envelope to the third wave. Right. Yeah. So I think those, I think, you know, some people poo-poo on second wave and some of those companies these days, but um, definitely think it's worth kind of giving them a, giving them a head nod as far as, as where we are. And um, before we get to third wave, 
I want to go off on a tangent here just a second, Stefan, and ask you a question. Shoot. You ready? Let's go okay. for it. Yeah. What do a homeschooling mom of three, somebody training for the Olympics, and a writer have in common? Hmm. They all need good coffee. Yes, that's kind of that that's kind of part of it. So they all have a very specific goal, right? And they need I mean they're wide open. All of them are wide open and they need something that is going to get them to meet their goals without, you know, them feeling groggy or any of that kind of stuff and that's where humble coffee comes in. Humble Coffee, we're about to talk about the third wave of coffee, is third wave coffee that is focused on taste. If it tastes great, you don't have to put a lot of creamer and sugar in it, if any at all, so you don't get that crash after. You know, you're not choosing to have a lesser cup where either it's going to put you in a bad mood because it tastes terrible, or you're just going to drink less of it because it tastes terrible. It tastes good, and you're not going to get that crash after, so it can get you through the day. So you can get that, all you one-on-oneers out there, you can get that at humblecoffee.com, and they even have subscriptions. So go out there, get you some great coffee. Now, let's talk about the third wave of coffee. All right, what you got? Talk to me, Stefan. Well, like I think I kind of what I alluded to earlier, I mean, like you said, the, 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 the thought of the coffee shop and the second wave really pushing that ideal of, of you know, a social experience and, and a place to gather in a coffee shop kind of feel is very similar to the third wave. But I think what the third wave is, is it it is really push the the experience of the coffee. You know, uh, it's become a little maybe more sophisticated, kind of it suits different tastes. Um it, it really focuses more on the science and the origin of where the coffees come from, from kind of those overarching things. Now you can, t- now obviously you can touch on some more specifics like light roast, dark roast, those type things and how that differs. But I, I think from a, from a feel standpoint, third wave really is where it starts focusing on more of the science, right. the, the background, the history, where that coffee comes from. At least that's my thoughts. No, I agree with you. And so when you look at uh, companies that have really led the way of what we would call third wave, you think of companies like Blue Bottle, Intelligentsia, Stumptown, Counterculture. And when you look at those uh, companies a little further in detail, what you're seeing is you're seeing lighter roasts, and they're, they're not necessarily knocking the darker roast, but I can tell you from personal experience as a roaster, the darker you roast, the more an origin tastes like roast, if that makes sense. So everything merges to a similar uh, taste. But when you're roasting to a lighter roast, then you're really getting a feel for the terroir as far as like where that bean's coming from, how it's grown, the acidity of the soil, the elevation, the care the farmer gave to it, the processing method. There's all kinds of stuff, even what the roaster does. 
Um, there's so many factors and there's so much variability and it's so fickle to like make a great light cup of coffee. But there are roasters out there like Humble Coffee, but also like Blue Bottle, Intelligentsia, Stumptown, Counterculture, Ritual in San Francisco, uh, tons of others that really, really do a great, great job at it. Yeah, I think that's where, like you said, you're kind of moving from that. And it's also more like small, no, I wouldn't say small batch because some of these companies like Intelligentsia and Blue Bottle are roasting massive amounts of coffee too. But um, when you really think about the amount of coffee that, say, Starbucks or a Dunkin' or a Pizza's roasting versus even, you know, Intelligentsia or, or Blue Bottle, they're still doing in smaller batches. There's more of a hand bit. There's more of a, a care, I guess, that maybe yeah. goes into some of that roasting of that coffee. And obviously, it's specialty coffee. Third wave is tend to be thought as, you know, a lighter roasting of coffee. Although I still think medium and even some dark roasting coffee in some of these companies, even like Umble, we have our Umble has some darker roasted coffees or some medium roasted coffees um, that are very high quality. Right. Uh, and some of these other companies do too. But like I, said, I think it's that care, the handcrafting, the artisan, uh, and maybe even some of the transparency of where that coffee comes from that really defines the third wave. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and so what you and I said is true. The area where I'd say then you start getting into the weeds of what is still considered third wave and and what is uh if we even have this considered fourth wave and and honestly i'll go ahead and tell you i i consider it still part of third wave mm-hmm. is kind of the stuff you're fo- some of the stuff you're focusing on which is like right. education transparency yeah. uh value for everybody in the production chain from the farmer all the way to the consumer sustainability uh relationships and that stuff is yep. different than the for sure definition, I would say, of third wave, which is those craft roasts and really focusing more on the the bean itself. Yeah, I'd say maybe it's more like 3.5 wave. Yeah. I I still think there's people out there that definitely are saying that we're, you know, we're maybe getting into the fourth wave. And I think, honestly, um, we're maybe on the back half, like I said, 3.5 on some of those other things that I was talking about, like you were saying. The, The ultimate original definition of third wave is... The, the artisan crafting batch, lighter roasting kind of coffee. Whereas, like you said, when you get into the transparency, the science of it. But I think fourth wave is where you probably really get into some of that, you know, really understanding the deep properties of coffee. Like, why is it the way it is? What what really goes into that? Maybe even um, experimenting with brewing equipment, going above and beyond on some of those things of how we, um, you know, how we brew or create the drink itself. Right. I think that's maybe, maybe that's the cusp of where we're going, but I, I kind of agree with you. Three, third wave, 3.5 wave, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So what, I mean, have you, have you heard from anybody else as far as, or read anything as far as what, any, anything else we haven't talked about that people would say is, oh, well, that's fourth wave. No, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, like I said, I think it's really kind of a, a great, not really, I wouldn't say a great debate, but it is a, is a debate, I think, kind of among different publications. You know, if you read some of the SCA stuff yeah. um, or even some of the, the barista publications, magazines, some of the roasting magazines and publications and any of the other kind of coffee-driven material out there, whether it be websites, blogs, they all kind of have their, I think they kind of have their own somewhat definition of fourth wave right now or where we may be going. 
And I think that's the one thing where maybe we should agree that we're maybe not in the fourth wave, we're on the cusp of it, because there is no unified definition. I feel like we have a definitely a unified definition of first, second, and third wave, but I don't know if there's like a complete unified definition of what fourth wave is. So maybe going back to your point of agreeing with you, maybe it's more like 3.5, but I don't know if we're actually going to know if we're in the fourth wave until after maybe it's happened, and then we all come to a conclusion that, okay, maybe we're we're there. I think we, there, there needs yeah. to be an industry-wide recognition of what fourth wave is. Right. Yeah, you know, what we can say, and uh, we will always go back to this, is is the coffee industry is phenomenal at really pushing uh, quality. And that's not just quality in the taste, uh, but that's in relationships. That's in how we care for the environment. Um, that's all kinds of stuff. And, and so it's a... Whether you're just on the sidelines and just flat out loving learning about coffee or you're in the coffee industry itself, um, it's, it's a fun, fun place to be and just makes you feel good at the end of the day, um, like you're doing something to help. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so question for you. I said at the beginning that we were going to talk about what was before the first wave. So mm-hmm. I- any ideas? I don't know. Was the tide out or something? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. So the tide was in. out, and so interestingly, people got green beans. They got green beans, and they were roasting at home. And that's that's that was coffee before first wave. So so you could say that of all of the waves, that zero wave or that pre wave was probably the closest to what we have today. I mean, you could even order, uh, I'm 99% sure that I read this the other day, you could order out of the Sears and Roebuck catalog, like green coffee for the house. And so what made First Wave so interesting was all of a sudden somebody else was roasting it for you and you magically just had to pick it up at the grocery store. And so... That mass production, even if we were jeopardizing quality a little bit, like people were, they were sold. They were sold. Yep. And so, uh, you know, it's come full circle. I mean, we went from uh, roasting coffee at home to letting other people do it to being mass produced to now small batching. And then now, uh, you know, there, there are home roasters out there. So Full circle. Hey, it's like, it's like those bell-bottom jeans. They're going to come back in style, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for coming on today, Stefan. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kenneth. Enjoyed being here. Enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it all. Hey, folks. Thanks again for listening to Coffee 101. Don't forget to subscribe, which is easy, and leave us a review, which I've actually, as a side note, found it's kind of hard to do. So, quick little tidbit here. If you already are subscribed to the show, you have to go back and search for the show. And as it comes up, you can scroll down to reviews. And right there is where you can actually leave a review. I didn't know how to do that. Now I know. And so now you know. So you can go leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Those two things, subscribing and leaving a review, help us grow so that we can educate more folks on coffee. Maybe lofty, but our goal is to educate everyone on the planet who wants to know more about coffee. Subscriptions and reviews help us achieve that goal, and we do appreciate it. 
I read every review. And y'all, if you haven't checked out Humble Coffee, click on the link in the show notes below. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and you've been listening to Coffee 101, brought to you by Humble Coffee.